Who do we want? Awesome cast. Who do we need? Awesome cast. Whoa. You already Whoa. did that. Can you do a who do we love so I can fit it across the entire song? Who do we love? Station Con. Who do we need? Chainsaw Buffet. It doesn't really work. It's way too long a name. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post. That's, that's what we'll do. Uh, Too many syllables. Who do we want a few or less syllables? <laughs> Who do we want a brand new name? Who do we need a brand do new we? name? Because we've joked about that. I don't know. Fuel, fuel the rocket ship with the rocket fuel. Fill it with the power of the awesome cast. I will only agree to rename it the Basil cast. There, <laughs> but, I said it. But, the Basil Nico cast. Starring Dylan. Starring Dylan. <laughs> Starring Dylan. And Dylan will be the only podcaster. The, the Haber yes. cast. The, the Haber, Haber cast. The Haber of my heart cast. Well, you know, special I guest, think, you know. There was time. There was time. <laughs> there was time you know, Starring now. Dylan, also Charlie, featuring John. Yes. <sighs> like, like, it's how that works. And you were the last ones. You're the most important. Right. Yeah. And the, bas- and, and the basal experience. Yeah. And the small yet's. So we're talking about Geek Media Expo. Another fucking convention. Because that's what we do. We talk, we talk about, about conventions. conventions. We're the convention. We're the change of the convention cast. We, we're justifying our press badges. That's a fact. Well, I've used it this kind of bit, so I might as well justify it. Welcome to paying the bills. We Thank- pay bi- What? There's bills. Bills? There's money? Sure, no. why not? There's no money in this unless you're, you know, one of the other people you're interviewed. You know what? Screw those guys. Screw those guys for being successful. So, unless you're Chris Hardwick, you're not making money at this. Geek Media Expo, Nashville, or more Franklin, I guess. On paper, or Franklin, Tennessee. Yes. The land of horses. This place is a serious horse fetish. I, I, we are not lying. <laughs> you know what? Needed more horses. A, well, you could always use more horses. I saw a few spaces that were lacking in True. horses. True. Well, I'm looking at a couple of portraits right now. Could use a horse. Well, a lot of people don't realize is that uh, if you look at the Cool Springs Marriott from, from the view of a helicopter, it's actually in the shape of a horse head. A lot of people don't know that. I, I was yeah. really surprised that they had as many parking spots as they did and not, not, any, not a single hitching post. Just... It's that, weird. That was poor planning, I it, think. Yeah. Like. Someone needs to go on the GMX forums and complain. Because things like this need to be heard. Someone going online and complaining? No. I know. Crazy, crazy. Speaking of... All right. Good idea, bad idea. Good idea. Using guidebook. Bad idea. Only using guidebook. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. ironic because... Dylan's uh, smartphone is not working at present. It died like a week or two before the convention. So I was, you know, of of the three of us that were here, uh, I was the only motherfucker with a smartphone. So I, I felt like I controlled the narrative of GMX Volume 4. You could still jump on um, Wi-Fi and, you know, get... One of the nice things I did was the convention apparently gave us complimentary Wi-Fi, or the, the, comfort, the hotel... Nico looks confused. I'm pretty sure we may have stolen Wi-Fi from the hotel. <laughs> Anyways, what Guidebook is, it's this really awesome app. 
that you can download to your smartphone that you can download if a convention uses it. Or tablet. Or tablet. You can download their entire schedule. Or other mobile device, wherever that means. You can make... Yeah, those don't exist. This is either Android or iOS. If you're lucky, maybe Windows Phone. Anyways, and no one likes Blackberries. Lucky. Um... You can download a schedule. You can actually make your own schedule. It'll keep you updated. It's a really nice app. Unfortunately, GMX decided at the last moment to only use the app and not print actual paper schedules. That is not the greatest of ideas one can have. Yeah, not I, even in this day of age, not everyone has a smartphone or necessarily it, wants to lug around their other mobile there, device. There's a not-so-subtle uh, underly, underlying uh, message behind this. You have a smartphone. You're not fucking geek enough to be here. You need to turn around and take that shit back home. Well, I don't know that there's a message. I don't know if this is just like a it's, test. It's a message. It's a message. It is class warfare. GMX is <laughs> launching a Occupy for nerds. GMX is the one percent. Obviously, that's what's happening. Or the forty-seven percent. Yeah, the forty-seven percent just come here and they get in free. I'm waving around <laughs> my crest badge, and they just they, they don't. Binder's full of press passes. Binder's full of press passes. <laughs> but, I mean, I no, love I, the idea of guidebook. I really do. I think it's a oh, good yeah. idea. Yes. It's just you need a paper backup. Yeah. Because there's sometimes, for example, what I like to do is I like to get the actual paper thing, look through it, and then go through guidebook and actually, uh, you know, I like seeing yeah. both. And there are as many times where my phone is a smartphone. Smartphones die decently quickly. Especially if you're keeping it, the Wi-Fi on, or you know, the 3G or 4G, especially 4G, to download those updates, your phone is not going to last the whole day. But that piece of paper, that piece of paper lasts. A lifetime. Two, two words, Juice Defender. Doesn't, doesn't do, doesn't do, it. doesn't defend enough. Doesn't uh, defend okay. Does not defend okay. enough. But I think, uh, I, we were talking about this last night, and I can't remember which of you suggested it, but. You know, maybe if they just charge a little extra, if it if it truly was that that was yeah. Charlie's idea of you know. I just said I would give somebody a quarter for a paper. I I said you know you know a, a PDF or something and and say say in advance say hey I'm not gonna have paper schedules you know print this shit off we told you so otherwise you know. Well, now the, the choice of guidebook in Google Docs actually makes a lot more sense in one sense than a PDF in that it's really easy to update it automatically. You know, well, people are sure. going to keep going back, but yeah, it's just not as convenient to print out. Like, you know, I get that paper costs money and that, but that's just, I think it's one of those things that you need to have. I, I really do. Uh, along with, uh, you know, Chance of a Fate and Awesome Guest on your guest list, I think you need to have that. Because we don't sell a single ticket, not at all. Um, but you know, we can we can fill out we can fill out the, the roster. Anyway. Yeah, we are a money losing machine. Yes. <laughs> like if you're looking to downsize your convention, if it's too big for you to handle, or you don't have uh, anywhere else to go, and you're looking at capping uh, your 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 attendance. But just invite us. I really like the idea that we're specialists that conventions bring in when they need to lose some attendance. <laughs> we, are, we need to downsize this convention. We are, we the, find another we are the YMCA of convention guests. We're the ones that tell everybody to just get the hell out. We also dra- dress in goofy costumes of various professions. And we sing songs while dancing. It, it's pretty great. Wait, uh, once co- once you see us dancing, though, that's usually when the real big attendance starts to drop. Yeah, yeah. we are all dressed as podcasters, though. It's, we 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 didn't decide to do different uh, jobs. Co- coming in uh, 
2013 GMX Volume 5. Uh, it's going to be uh, Chainsaw Buffet and Awesome Cast presents, um, you know, Red Light Podcasting. Uh, where, yeah. where we all risque podcast? Risque no, podcasting. no, we're just going to podcast, but there's be like red lights everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and they'll blink, and they'll cause seizures. And we'll start taking off our clothes very slowly during the course of a podcast. And, and by that we mean, like, we'll take off our shirt, it's kind of warm. It gets kind of cold, so we'll put the shirt back on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, but, you know, but it will be uh, featuring jacket. Denzel. So. Yes. <laughs> we can only hope. But it's, it's going to be Kevin in an Afro wig. Yeah. Well, we'll just um, call me Denzel. Da, da, call da, 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 is it weird that I already da, da, call da, 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 Kevin da, 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 Denzel Kevin. and have been for, for some time? Circus and, Kevin, not really. Circus I, Kevin, I can sort of see the resemblance, although Kevin. he doesn't really work out. Not like Denzel did. And I've never really found Jesus. <laughs> you're not really Denzel. That's you're, why. You're not looking very, very hard. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> Maybe if I started <laughs> stripping, I'd find Jesus. Apparently that works. But even though I started looking play, GMX has been really fun. Like, I do not yeah. want you to think so Just that. get our main complaint out of the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's been a good time. I love the, the, how, what they did with the badges. Oh, yeah. The badges are cool. these neat little circles, and it makes sense because MTAC has always had a history of you know, actual pin badges, you know, which is pretty unique to MTAC. And I could still see, like, well, how can we use that same idea for GMX but make it different, a little cooler? And I really think their little circle laminated badges really – really do well for that. It's yeah. also very helpful as opposed to a convention like uh, Anime Week in Atlanta where they have printed badges for everybody and it has everybody's name on them. And, you know, a lot of that's to protect people from switching, even though you never ever check anyone's IDs at a convention. Um, you know, it, it just makes registration a lot simpler and smoother. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know about people who actually paid at the door, but it was really easy for us to pick up press badges. Yeah. It was... Which something the eighty boy couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know they're working on it, but man, yeah, they oof. Yeah, anyway, picking is, up the badges is always the wacky part there. G- GMX is always really neat because I don't really do that many not anime conventions. And I, I feel the GMX really is a lot of the neat stuff that you would see at a Dragon Con, but not nearly as many people. It's what's way more manageable. I had the exact exactly. same thought. Can I point out something that's really weird here? Um, while I've seen a couple of them, I've not certainly seen nearly as much uh, Homestuck or Slenderman crap here as I have at AWA. I mean, they have these Slenderman crap here. They're the Marvel Hornets guys. I know, <laughs> but I didn't see as many of them, uh, you know, like, walking around. Or, to be well, fair, to be fair they're actually one of the good ones. So but not, You're not getting the same sample, but it does seem to be older. I've seen maybe not as much of that anime conventions, but there's like there are schools of Homestuck cosplayers moving around with each other at the con. But uh, there, there's not as many schools. Yeah, yeah. like, like, like there should be there should be yeah. sharks at the convention that, that thin out those schools. Observe them in the wild. There should be. As soon as we figure out the natural predator of the Homestuck cosplayer. No, no. Majestic and Homestuck do not go together. That is the problem with Homestuck cosplayers. They have no natural predators. Yes, so uh, we need a predator for the Homestuck cosplayers. I think there needs to be like a nerd food chain where, you know, like the Homestuck people get devoured by the Marble Hornets. People get devoured by, you know, like the Whedonverse people get devoured by Star Wars and Star Trek. And then Naritards are like the krill. Uh, they're, 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 they're the very no, no, they're the no. Nar- the Naruto is better than Homestuck. We've decided this. But the sometimes my so worry plentiful. is that Homestuck's really just the tribbles. Like, yeah, there's only one or two. Next thing you know, they just keep growing and multiplying, oh, and there'll oh, be nothing left. Yeah, they just reproduce parthenogenically many, many times within a day. 
Coming soon, uh, we're going to change our name from Chainsaw Buffet to the Homestuck Cast and never talk about Homestuck. We're going to get some listeners. <laughs> that would work. They compl- you get people complaining, you need more Homestuck. And you can just ignore them. And they still tune in because it says the Homestuck cast. Yep. No, it's because we're in our home and we're stuck. We have nothing else to do. We're under Ooh, house arrest. Ooh. I have an anklet. I can't leave. And the probation officer is not letting me leave the state. So, uh, you know. So I see, like, because the only, you know, respectable one of us is Charlie here with his Hills, little notepad. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of the notes that you've taken over the course of this weekend? I mean, just the basic stuff that, that I've done, which isn't. A whole lot um, has been like the like the Rob Paulson Billy West Q and A. That was pretty amazing. Except well, that, it, except that it was an endless stream of you. someone of every, they phrased it a little differently, but every single person was, "How can I be you?" It, it was the dick writing well, panel. Well, it was a it was it was, they they alternated. The first person was like, um, "How how are you funny or awesome?" The second person was, "How can I be you?" The third person was. How are you awesome? The fourth person was, how can I be you? The fifth person was, if I drink your blood, can I gain your power? <laughs> it, to be fair, they they both riffed on a lot of different things, and both of them, especially... Yes. You know, like, it, the, the panel was interesting because of the... the panel, they both brilliantly turned those questions yeah. into actually telling us things that were fun to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's they a, handled it really we well. Don't, we don't go to anime Q&A panels anymore specifically because that maybe and, i was be- being naive hoping and because we do a lot of interviews yeah and maybe maybe i was being naive and hoping that uh oh these, these aren't anime voice actors so maybe nope maybe we won't get those kind of questions oh no that's the only questions we oh that's good okay so it's actually worse because that's the only questions you get yeah. uh you know i'm kind of fortunate that we didn't get a say the line from stuff yeah. Though they seemed way more happy to do it. Yeah, they than... flipped into various, in and out of various characters. I think they were cutting it off at the past. I think they knew what was coming. Well, that, and re- I'll realize, again, these guys, they all have, like, they're comics, or they're funny guys. Yeah. They're comedians. And a lot of the shows they do are comedies. And so, and they and they prize themselves, and they get their yeah. money. You know, they get their jobs because they can make these awesome, goofy voices. And these voices they do, and the characters they play, are just really part of their routine. You do make a really yeah. good point, though, in that it seems like, it, or in my experience, that more anime voice actors come from an acting background and then slipped into voice acting, and then a lot of the American voice actors seem to be a little more like they came from a improv or comedy background Sometimes and then singing. Voice yeah well, so there, it's maybe well, that's why yeah. maybe maybe they just think, are more and I think that's what Rob talked about like him and a lot of the western animation voice actors are union voice actors they're and most anime voice actors oh, are non-union work because there's no money actual money in anime no and there's much more money in actual cartoons yeah it is a sad truth and also I, there are some lovely you, you don't get paid for Japan's yeah. concept of comedy is way weirder yeah like yes. more for it's more it's it's a really foreign Japanese thing, and it does not translate very well to no. our English speaking. I mean, accessibility. So what comedy is? You, you watch enough anime, you kind of get used to it, and maybe even starts being funny. And there are some anime shows that are universally funny. Yes, no matter who you are, but but a lot of it is super heavy reference or pun based, and a lot of times it's the puns are. Screwing with the Japanese words of meanings and things, which, do, which you can't translate. 
Unless you just have it, a very brilliant scriptwriter. It, it would be a lot like uh, taking Family Guy and and taking that to the Japanese market, which I'm sure they do. But I you think know, they it, have. You know, it, it's like okay, I don't know what any of these references references mean or who these people are. But because of that, and so many of the cartoon shows we get are comedies or have a lot of humor in them. I think it, it used naturally will draw more from the comic side, the comedian side, than you would just the purely acting side, which is, I think, what more anime tries to draw from. And also because the cartoons are made in, in the U.S., a lot of times all of them are made in L.A., and that's where all the big time, yeah. if you want to really get into like, acting, really, whether it's voice acting or not, or regular, or normal acting. Almost any kind of professional showbiz career, in fact. And so it, I think you just have a more of a bigger pool to draw from. It's, it is. It's two different pools. It's two different pools of actors, no matter yeah. But really, when Rob Paulson did Yakko-san, where with oh, the guy, yeah. the, world, yeah. the guy dressed up as Yakko, and they did it together as a duet, it was and glorious. they did it very well. well. You know, just that got the you know, that kid will never ever forget that in his life. No, that is where he story gets to tell his grandkids. It was heartwarming. I got to you, know, you hear the song. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Granddad, well, guess who sing it with the guy who did it. And I was just, it was the cartoon character, oh my god! It was, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, weird, so. I'm going to go to football practice. That has got to be one of the best. <laughs> yeah, Nerd. I mean, duh. But, <laughs> but that has so got to be one of the best stories that will probably come out of, yeah. Yeah. of what happened to people at GMX. But it was, you know, it was one person who asked for it, not like a hundred people. Like, Can you do this? I know. Yeah. I love this character. Well, no, it was a case of, he was actually talking to the guy before the panel story. Yeah, he was like, hey, exactly. you know, I know all the words of the song. And he's like, you know, get up here. We're going to do the song right now. Yeah, I don't care if I push that spout. We can do this for like two minutes. It'll be cool. The fact that Rob Paulson still remembers that song. Yeah. Because yes. that is a crazy complicated song. Yes, it is the, you know, the United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, that one. And it's it's like every single country on earth in rapid succession. It's like every single country on earth in, you know, Well, when they made it. When they made Animaniacs. The map has changed a little since then. Yeah, it's but, a little bit. Uh, I think it might be a tad dated. But. It's still awesome. Yes. So what else did people do? We, we saw male fun? strippers. We did see male strippers. Risque cosplay, yeah. We did see a couple female strippers. And it's sad we remember the male strippers more. <laughs> well, it was a risque cosplay, which means that none of these people were actual professionals. It was, you know, you know, you know adult it, kids, you know. Who wanted attention by taking off their clothes. Yeah. No, that, that works. Adult kids. I mean, I don't know. They're a real... I'm an adult kid. I'll, I'll we're all... That. Well, I don't know about all of us. Charlie's pretty responsible. But that's, uh, that's, we're that's all... an outright lie. <laughs> it was interesting. It reminded me why I don't go to cosplay contests. Yeah, it's been... I don't know how many years since we... The the plus side was that it was a short cosplay contest. It was yeah. It was scheduled for two hours. It didn't last like Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Minutes. It only like had... Was it four or five... Contestants? Four actual contestants, and they had a ringer. Yeah, because the fourth yeah. contestant decided to add in add in a skit, and skits and cosplay do not mix. I don't care what skits you do and cosplay are. are the devil. Dave Merrill. It, it would have <laughs> only been like you know twenty minutes if uh, the couple that came on before the ringer hadn't done uh, you know their thing to an eight minute Avenge Seven Volt song. Yeah, that, that which, which really is a great drug. which is a great song, but that was awkward as hell to see those two. Google. That really that really dragged. Nobody was taking off enough clothes, and it was boring. And then they and the, in a they just wanted to make <laughs> out, but they qu- couldn't quite do it. So yeah, it was just it was it just it was awkward. And and that's coming from a guy who's sitting there, 
uh, a place where strangers are taking off their clothes. Enough to be compelling, but not enough to actually, you know, make me, uh, you know, want to clap. But, you but, know. but then they threw in Denzel. Unless you're a brony, then you want to clop? Yeah. <laughs> oh. But once they threw in Denzel, everything was fine. Oh, yeah. Denzel, Denzel was, was amazing. Denzel was amazing. <laughs> he was. He uh, found uh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness, he found Jesus. That, that is my favorite line from the entire convention. Denzel he's leaning over Jesus. and go, oh, shit, he found Jesus. All right, Denzel, he's this, he's, he's part of this burlesque troupe, and he came in out of nowhere as, like, suddenly we have another contestant. And he put and on a... challenger appears. Yeah, like, and he, and he puts on a... A wild Denzel appears. Uh, yeah, a, a good show. Like he, he knew what he was doing. And at some point, he's raising his arms to the sky, and my brain is me goes, "Oh shit! He found Jesus." And he's looking up in the sky. He found Jesus. I lost it. I, I so lost. And after it was over, I was still laughing. I'm sure people were like, right. "What the hell? There's nothing funny about Denzel. He's serious." <laughs> oh, but we needed Denzel, though. We, we weren't needed... making fun of him. Per oh no! Se. He personally turned what would have been a bad memory walking out the door had he not been there to like. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was that a was wasted great. evening, except for Denzel. Hearing you people talk about it, the whole thing it just sounds some Amazing. form of legendary. It just yeah. sounds so insane. And Denzel is legendary. Legendary. He legend, is now. Anyways. The legend of Denzel. The man planned ahead. He had two pairs of boxers. He did. Yeah. yeah. So he undid one boxers and still had more behind. And I mean behind. Mm-hmm. But no, no, no. That was, he obviously knew what he was doing. And and I'm I'm sad that our, our good friend, uh, Phil, um, didn't uh, come up and, and do uh, stripping the gong style. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really sad for that because he was dressed as Sai the whole weekend, so... That's, that is a thing. Let's let's have one place where the Gangnam Style parodies cannot. Now this place, this place had it too. I'll uh, screw it. I heard it several times. People were playing. It's people everywhere. Were doing dance outs. And let's face it, the dance is the horsey dance. Yeah. Have you been in this hotel? Have it's you seen so horses. many horses? This may be the most appropriate place. This yep. is the. This should have been the Gangnam Style one, Media that, Expo. We that, should have had Sai here. I mean, I was the in Gangnam the, Media Expo. That's. He'll yeah, probably start like doing it. conventions in a couple of years. I, yeah, after he's not popular. I, I know there are a lot of people that say, oh, this is terrible, this needs to stop. I'm going to sp- to speak up in defense of Cy and say, you know what? If you heard Taylor Swift, that shit's awful. I, I would rather take... E- even... I, I don't know what the words mean. I, I don't speak Korean. Um, but even if they're terrible, even if they're just the most tried, uh, black-eyed peas level, what you going to do with all that? Junk took me five minutes to write this. I'm making millions of dollars off of it. Crap. It's still better because I don't understand what it is. I I, I can't well, hear the words. That's actually know. kind of funny because it's yeah. actually satire. It is a satire on the rich and well-to-do of Korea and the people trying to live like they're rich and well-to-do and who can't afford it. So it's actually kind of a smart song if you know the words. We think. We theory. <laughs> so people tell us. Ba- Basil doesn't know Korean either. He just came up with this theory that that's what it must Not, be. I've, I've seen that before. So oh, yeah, matter. no, it's totally Wikipedia. It's true. Mine. Now, like, Gangnam is, like, the richest district in Korea or something like that. I'm probably wrong as you, myself, in the foot. And uh, so I'll... I'm, I'm still waiting for Krispy Crunch to get really big over here. Yeah, me too. I'm waiting for the Korean invasion. The 60s yeah. were the were the British invasion. <laughs> well, the, the, sigh, the we, teens will be yeah. the Gong Gong Styles on the radio. Yeah. It may be. It may be here. I hope the entire well, decade no, the trick is, is defined by Korean pop and rock. If you can get a second song on the radio, yeah. then that's something. Right now, it's just the one. 
Anyways, we're not talking about Gangnam Style. Oh, yeah. We're talking about geek medias and expos. This is geeky media, but you're not an expo. One of the <laughs> things that they... I think this was... This may have been the first year they did it, was they got robot battles here. That was freaking awesome. Was it? Tell yeah. us all about it. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, I wish I, I, I wish I'd caught all of it. I came in kind of late, unfortunately, because I, I think I slept in. But... Um, and they and they the stage they had or the arena they had was only big enough to do I think it was the ant and beetle weight. they couldn't get to like the big thirty pound robots um, and the be- uh, big bad beetlezord exactly and um, <laughs> but no it it was it was a lot of fun um, those it is because I used to when I went to Dragon Con I would watch robot battles and while and they would do the big thirty pound ones so that was it would be nice to see those but those little ones the, the way they're I mean, and granted, a lot of the, the robot styles are the same as they were, you know, 10 or however many years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago, whenever they first started doing robot battle type stuff. Um, I mean, there's only so many basic concepts, pretty much. But, man, that's, I mean, some of those things were just insanely, like, oh, if there weren't, like, bulletproof glass encasing this arena, somebody would have been decapitated. Um, <laughs> there was there was a robot called, I think it was DDT. I can't remember which team built it but and, and I can only imagine it was designed to do this because it kept doing it unprovoked was it had a spinning blade on the front of it more or less and it would basically set itself up to use the blade to knock itself all over the arena like it was hitting the glass sides it was hitting the top of the arena and it was just bouncing around but otherwise it was just this little blade this little box and two wheels but they were able to make it do that and and there were like sparks flying and um the actual championship for one of the one of the weight classes, the winner caught on fire, and that was the winner. <laughs> and they had to rush it out of the building and spray it down. It, it was, it was beautiful. I that's and that's and I and like you guys, I don't go to a lot of conventions now that aren't anime principally. Um, there aren't a lot around here. Some there's some, but GMX yeah. Well, there are a few more that are that are. There's one going on in it. Knoxville this weekend that I yeah. have no interest in. But, but it's it's really nice to. It, it's it's cool to have that sort of variety that you can have something like Robot Battles, which would never really work at an anime convention. And so I, I haven't been able to see it since Dragon Con the last time I was there. So it's been several years. Although what we did miss was a straight out of Comic Con. We yeah, caught the last few minutes. It's a stand-up, stand-up duo, and they did a really good job. Yeah, the few minutes yes. that I saw of it, I, I was impressed. Uh, yeah. I would like to have seen more. Like, they totally have the right cadence to stand-up comedy. They, they, it, it worked out really well. They yeah. did a good job. They yeah, got, they we got have a chance good. to catch their full show. We're, we're going to try. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, they had the improv group from, is it University of Georgia? The Laugh Out Loud, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, I I love seeing those guys at any convention uh, that I go to. I mean, they are they their 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 lineup was a little different. They had two or three of the guys that I've generally seen. Though honestly, the one that I I probably the one that I I hate to say it, find the funniest was not here. But um, but they had a bunch of the guys that, that I just think are um, hilarious. And I got to, I got to see one of their or one and a half of their uh, performances. And I, I just I love seeing them at every every convention I've been to. Um, they I I always get the impression that that you know they they even though it's a it's a college club that that they take it seriously. Uh, you know that they're really trying. They're not half-assing it or uh, so. I, I I really appreciate what they do. 
Now, sadly, Saturday morning was kind of a low point because we stayed up kind of late and I slept oh, yeah. in. And I look at my phone, I wake up, and Dylan says, hey, there's interview slots open. And I'm like, I respond, sweet, they're all full now. <laughs> yeah, because by the time... It was an hour later when I woke up after when he sent the text, but by that time it was all filled they, up. They kind of trickled in, you know, Friday night and Saturday morning, so... We had, a, we had a man stationed here, you know, for for uh, as as things popped up. We had a man stationed. Yeah, we Dylan, had a guy on the inside. Yeah, we did. Dylan, Dylan was our guy on the inside. Um, yeah, I volunteered, so I didn't do as much of the panels. One of the panels I I went to that uh, stuck with me was uh, Robert J. Schwab's um, panel. It was a, a DMing panel. Average. He wrote. Um, Several books for Wizards of the Coast for D and D fourth edition. I think third edition as well. But I don't I'm sorry I missed that from what you were telling me. Um, but he wrote some of my favorite fourth edition books. And as as anyone, we don't talk about D and D nearly enough on the podcast. But anyone who's who's heard me talk, do, do about you actually it. like fourth edition? I love fourth edition. I'm its biggest defender. That's actually not true. I know another guy who's as probably as big defender as you are. But keep going. Um, you should form a team. You should. But 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 that mostly has to do with the fact that Come I, to I didn't. I'll introduce you. Yeah, I didn't start um, with like first or second edition or AD and D or anything like that. I started with third edition, and uh, started like most of the games I've played. You know, I I like playing D and D far more than I like DMing um, for a lot of reasons because I I come up with a lot of. Uh, character concepts that I really enjoy. I, I don't know that they're necessarily... I, I, I hate to go on a limb and say that they're good character concepts, but they're ones that I enjoy, and they're things I enjoy playing. Um, but usually, whenever we run stuff, you know, because it's easier to do so, uh, you know, DMs always want to start at a really low level, and, and a lot of the other people that I play with want to start at a low level because they don't, they're lazy and they don't want to roll up like this 14th level character and have yeah, to go me, through the whole it's, process. It's because I actually enjoy like playing a low level character, not like someone. But but in, like... in third edition, I despise that more than life itself because there's a vast majority of classes in third edition that level one, level two, until you get right, to like you know level five or so. Five or so. That's true. They're the completely I play useless. Were more about yeah. Having utility skills and and, skills. and I like to be able to do something in combat and out of combat, and I think that across the board on all the classes, fourth edition does a far better job of that. Agreed. Um, and going back, and I do go back to D and D, AD and D, and second edition uh, AD and D, um, and that's it, it. I don't know that it was ever any better. Like third edition, it, 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 Fourth edition, in that respect, was a huge improvement over any of the previous editions, I would say. And one of the, the problems I find people have with fourth edition when I talk to them about it, it's usually stuff that can be creatively worked around. You know, they're like, you know, oh, it, you know, it condenses too many things. You know, you can you can come up with stuff. You can you can work with it. It's, it's meant for you to, you know, pick and choose what rules you want. And it's it's a framework. It's not a a, a law book. Um, I think Dungeons and Dragons should bring back Thacko for fifth edition. They should bring back Illustrate, but that's Thacko is my litmus test. Tell, <laughs> I mean, if you mention Thacko, then you can tell how long I, someone's been a gamer I think, and how much into it they were. I think instead of using Thacko as a mechanic, they should have Thacko as a deity. <laughs> I did once for a third edition game introduce Thacko goblins. They kept just like chanting a number. <laughs> it would like be 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 and the big one in the back would be 5 <laughs> and you're very wait, nerdy wait, if you wait, understand wait, what we're wait, talking wait, wait. about 
Thacko is like uh, the Iran car in uh, Bleach. <laughs> you know, the lower the number, the more powerful they are. Wow. I would say golf uh, golf scores, but sure, yeah. that works. No, I think you just explained Bleach. I, did. I, mean, yeah. I think you just... It's, it's their Thacko score. There, there, there's a Japanese guy sitting at Taco Bell playing D&D. <laughs> and he's like, I got an idea. They're probably still playing second edition or a game that's a ripoff of second edition. We're going to go to Burrito Grande and fight the wrong card number one. We're going to go to Burritos Locos Tacos. So anyway, uh, D&D panel. Um, But, yeah, that's okay. Tangents, we have them. (laughs) We took a very circuitous route. Um, R.J. Schwab wrote uh, the... Forgotten Realms Player's Guide and Players, uh, which introduced the Sword Mage and Player's Handbook Three, which introduced Onyx. And anyone who knows me in D and D knows I love uh, swords and sorcery combined at the same time. Um, but he had this panel about DMing, and he brought some really interesting points. He he crafted the panel. I came in about halfway through, but he crafted it in such a way that um, it was like he was talking about a game that, that he was running and how he was doing it and he was putting down situations he was like okay so you know the game I'm running right now you know the, the party is coming back from a dungeon and you know it's basically starting a new arc in that campaign and he's like so what are some, what are some things that we can do he's really just brainstorming with everybody and getting them thinking about the process of, of getting the players involved and things that they could do um, uh, the the real unfortunate part about this is that it was a panel for DM, for about DMing for DMs, which meant that you had a lot of dungeon masters in there who were all assholes and all that guy. So that was that was my one uh, you know regret about that panel. I really wish that we had had the opportunity to to interview them to interview Robert Schwab because I think he would have had some very interesting things to say. Maybe we'll get lucky and they'll bring him back. Speaking of interesting panels, um, there was the what is a Sephiroth? Um, oh yeah, the Kabbalah panel. Kabbalah panel. Like it no, was, not that it was great. Well, they brought like, the, up. The, the girl who ran it, like she knew what she was talking about as best as anyone can who's not actually heavily involved in Kabbalah, which you have to be a forty-year-old Jewish male at least. <laughs> so, uh, so she had a couple strikes against her, but but she was making do. Yeah. yeah, she she pulled it off. Like she made it work. She was. She had a cute, you know, a pop culture, media, literature that, you know, and what were these things and how they show up. And it was, it was very, it was somewhat intellectual and fairly informative. It was good. Um, dealer's room was neat. Um, it wasn't the most gargantuan yeah. dealer's room I've been in, but it, it had it, variety. It had yeah. a lot of variety. It, 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 to me, it showed that, that, they make an effort to try to have a little bit of everything. It had a hat joystick hooked up to a Dreamcast running uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I was happy with that. And it was a virtual It was better than the game room. <laughs> I poked my head in the game room. I, nothing that really... I'm not normally a game room person, though. Yeah. So nothing yeah. that really wowed me or made me go, oh, i got to stop and play this. Not like the that whatever that beat game is that... Uh, <laughs> That is occasionally brought to Hamacon. It is so. always sad to see NESs plugged into HDTVs. Yeah. yeah, because your aspect ratio is... that. That is... I'm, I'm going to go on my right now. I had a couple of complaints about the game room. Um, I didn't find out that there were tournaments. I asked the, the GMX Twitter, and and this is not the GMX Twitter person's fault, whoever was responsible for that. I think they've done a very good job of being attentive to the feed and responding to people's questions mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and concerns. So whoever runs that, you know, thumbs up. I, I greatly appreciate you. 
but you know, I didn't find out until I was already here um, that there were even going to be tournaments because there was nothing about it on the site, uh, nothing about it on the schedule, and you know. As people should know by now, I usually bring my joystick and enter, you know, like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 or whatever is going on. Um, but apparently there were tournaments, but I didn't have my joystick with me. And in truth, you know, we were so busy doing interviews and, and stuff uh, for the podcast, I may not have even been able to enter. But it was just the fact that I didn't know until I was already here. And as Basil alluded to, you know, talking about NES is hooked up to HD TVs, all the TVs were HD TVs. And if if you're a big enough nerd about these things like I am, you know there there are proper TVs for proper type of games and and fighting games because of the timing and precision involved. Um, HD TVs for those who may not be aware, um, especially fighting games, you get a lot of input lag. Um, things don't quite happen as as fast as they do in actuality because of uh, delays in the connection from the console to the TV. Um, so it, it, fighting games ideally in tournament settings are either played on um, you know CRT TVs because there's no lag in that connection or on uh, specific monitors that have little to no lag like uh, the Asus I think is a 236T is what they use at Evo but um, they were all on HD TVs everything was on HD TV and they had fighting games and they had Nintendo games and they just I mean, it was it was it was neat to see, but it was obviously you know this was probably whoever read it was not their first priority to do this yeah. to do this gamer upright. But I mean, people were going in, people were playing games, they were having fun. Oh, a DDR yeah. machine, and that's what's really important. Yeah, agreed. And it had better dance music than the dance that was going on when we walked into oh, the that room. fantasy ball. Yeah, yeah. there it, is no party like a fat white guy dance party. Oh yeah, it, it's true. Yeah, in all fairness, what I'm saying is it's very nitpicky stuff. I yeah. mean, the the right. the standard congor who just walks in there and play games is going to be fun. Uh, reason why. Uh, We've got the 15 minute sign. So, oh, fantastic! So we, I, I don't want it to be a, like raw GMS. I, Cause I had a great time. Yeah, you know, it was really yes. fun. Oh, yeah. Another yes. really good panel I got, I got to go to was the uh, the beer panel, the getting nerdy panel. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I had beers I liked, and I hate beer. And it was <laughs> neat. They did all nice. local like Middle Tennessee brews for That's the cool. whole thing. If we hadn't been um, doing an interview, I would have tried to go. Yeah. Like they had a pumpkin ale that was brewed inside a brewed with a pumpkin. That was actually nice. really good. Um, that was released like two days ago. I decided in retrospect that was really good. I know I said at the time I couldn't decide if I loved it or hated it. I think I loved it. Mm. So um, that was... And there was the, the... And I went to the Geek Journalism panel. That was pretty good. Run. I, I remember the guy that was running it. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, was a, all podcast. He, he was a bit of an asshole, yeah. but, but I, mean, I think his heart was probably in the right place. Um, <laughs> and also got to go to the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, Indie Games panel that was put on by... A uh, couple of douchebags. A couple of douchebags yes. named Dylan and Mike. Um, which was actually... I am not an indie game developer. I have no interest in developing indie games, but it was a really informative... Panel. It was really well done, and, yeah. and and I'm not just saying that because Dylan's sitting right here. It, it was it was interesting, and I am ready to bury indie game development far beneath the earth where it belongs. But that was that was a really neat panel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't specifically supposed to be indie game. Like it could no. be any sort of game. You don't have to label it. But yeah. since we were doing Xbox Live indie games, um, yeah, I was kind of glad that um, you know I. I I put the slides together, went over them with Mike. I'm, I'm glad Mike actually came to GMX so we could both kind of talk about the development process. Yeah. The only the only issue I had during that panel was when we got in, 
Um, and it, this was one of the panel rooms that had been segmented off into three different rooms during the middle of the day. When we got in there at, at midnight, like the, the TV was not set up. It was like half set up, so we had to kind of rush, but I don't know. Yeah, and you guys had another panel in there right before you, so it wasn't yeah. like you had a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, setup time or anything like that. With uh, Captain Bromerica. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we were waiting for Dylan and Mike's panel, and I'm like, well, what's going on before that? I'm like, oh, you know, Marvel, you know, a ABC or A to Z or is, is some sort of alphabet thing. Oh, yeah, no, that was before Geek Journalism, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, you're right. It was before Geek Journalism. Um, I did see this this, this before the uh, Kabbalah panel. There was this apparently like this 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 battles panel where this guy would go. He'd show up an image of like two superheroes and people had to argue who would win. I kind of wanted to go to that. It was such. It was the, one of the best lazy panels I've ever seen. <laughs> it obviously like, took him no work. Just but found some wallpapers like, and he's like, "All right, Nightwing versus <laughs> Spider Man dance puppets dance." And people got into it, especially Denzel. Um, I bet he did. Like, arguing the various merits and problems of how one would beat one. And it was, I'm right. like, man, this is like nerd one-upmanship on ice. Like, <laughs> like this. Well, you know, Nightwing's kind of a dick and Spider-Man's a bro. So, you know. As the elevator will teach you, Spider-Man was a bro. He helped me in the elevator. So, final thoughts, GMX. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Like, by and large, mostly panels I went to, I enjoyed, I had a good time. I, I kind of wish I could have gotten some more interviews in, but... Oh, well. Guest relations, yeah. unfortunately, it's a really complicated thing. Yeah. And some, and when you and if you don't get the, you know, the, the schedule on time, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I should be up earlier in the morning. Yeah. I, I enjoy that, you know, I, I guess a lot of times I... I I do a lot of the anime cons primarily, but it's nice to go to a con that embraces the other nerdy things I like. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a uh, renaissance nerd. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I had a lot of fun. I think the the guest list was really good. The interviews we got with, with Ellen McLean and, and Veronica Belmont, Rob Paulson and Doug Walker, they, they were all really great people. Um, I mean, there was no... Any there there I can't think of really any elements offhand that I was like oh that's just god awful. Um, hey Nico, come here. What did you think? Get your ass in here. Final thoughts on John Max. It was okay. <laughs> you heard that. That's from, right. You heard from that from the Shadow the, Emperor himself. Yes, from the con chair of GMX himself. He proclaimed it okay from the horse's <laughs> mouth. Uh, oh. Spoken thus it shall be. I, I will say that I wish there was another day so I could do more stuff. Yes. Um, I I will say that, you know, overall, you know, there there were issues, um, but, you know, yeah. JMX is in year four, and, and I think that's important to remember. They're still trying a lot of things out. But overall, I, I really enjoyed myself this year, um, and I'm excited to see where they where they go with this next year because there's a lot of great potential at this convention. Oh, yeah, this, this could totally... They could totally blow this up really nice. But a word of warning, MTAC. This is from the past to the future. Paper schedules. Paper schedules. Ooh. Dylan. Oh, um, 
Uh, actually, kidding. GMX is shaping up to be one of my favorite conventions of the year. I mean, you, you get the variety of Dragon Con without all the things without about Dragon, Con. Dragon Con. Yeah, it's like the um, best of Dragon Con without all the crap. Actually, like doing volunteering this year, I kind of almost want to volunteer at the other anime conventions where I have less to do and just uh, you know devote a lot of time to this, kind of uh, relax. Um. That was GMX, everybody. I don't know. I don't know. All but shit, he found Jesus. <laughs> but seriously, though, no, it's a lot of fun. I wish there was another day to do more stuff. Yes. Yeah. I like, wish it did not start. I wish I started earlier on Friday. Because I, I would have liked that if it started earlier on Friday. It was yeah. more of a more of a noon to whatever. Um, but also, then again, there was stuff that I wanted to do that I didn't have time for because I was doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a lot. Well, I really wish I got up in the morning to see those robot battles. Like I'm yeah. really excited. There were that. some overlapping panels, so you know there was stuff to do. If you didn't want to do panel A, go to panel B. Yeah, they fit. It's it's amazing how how much content they do fit into 48 hours. It's. I'm sorry, I missed the Hicks boson thing. I wanted to hear the actual sciency panel. That was but, really uh, good. It was really good. <laughs> so so we heard, but. Uh, Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, Let's we're being we're being we're being kicked yes. out. We're being we don't, we don't have to go home, but we don't we can't, <laughs> we stay, can't here. stay there. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night Dr. Nick. Thank you, Cleveland. You've been great.